Father, thank you that you allowed us to have faith in you. And thank you, Father, that we can be people of faith. You do answer our prayers, and sometimes the answer is no. Forgive us for being discouraged. Forgive us for wanting to rush you. But you're with us in our trials and tribulations. You're with us at all times, and we thank you for that. For these who are here today, Lord, we thank you for them, and pray, Lord, that as you read the word and as you give us the message, that it's what we all need. Maybe, Lord, I'm the one that needs it more than anyone else, and if that's the case, I thank you for that. But Father, thank you for loving us, and on this Father's Day, thank you that I can call you Heavenly Father. Because of Jesus Christ, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. The words of this song might, I think, need some explanation. He never does not answer a prayer. Wait is an answer. No is an answer. And yes is an answer. Uh, those are three answers that God can give. Uh, he will never forget the prayer that we voice to him. We have to wait on him and we have to trust him. And then he says, in your pain and your sorrow, his heart is touched with your grief and despair. Every pain that we have gone through as individuals, as parents, as individuals, Jesus has gone through also, God the Father has too, plus more. And then it says, cast all your cares on the burdens of the Lord and leave them there and leave them there. That's so difficult to do. It's so difficult to say, Father, I'm going to commit this to you. And what do we do? I want it back. I've got to worry about it some more. I don't intentionally say that, but that's the way it goes. But the whole thing is having faith in God. It's a blessing to be able to have faith in Him. As I said before the song, I am convinced that the greatest legacy a father can leave to his family and to his children is a legacy of faith. He doesn't have to be a pastor. He doesn't have to be a deacon. He doesn't have to have had large sums of money. He doesn't have to have left stocks and bonds and property and cars. He doesn't have to leave insurance policies. But he needs to leave a legacy of faith. Always, always, people are going to be challenging us for our faith. And this becomes a challenge to the children that a father fathers. A father's faith lives forever in the minds of his children. Turn, if you will, to John, the fourth chapter. John, the fourth chapter. There are times when the father's faith makes requests of the Lord in the interest of his family, of his own family. This is the case here of this unnamed nobleman in John, the fourth chapter. He learned that Jesus was going to be about 20 or 25 miles from his home. And the nobleman had a problem. He had a son who was dying. And beginning to read in verse 43 or 46, So Jesus came again to Canaan of Galilee, where he had made the water and the wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. 
When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea and the Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The noble man said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus was talking to the Jews who were following him. This nobleman is not a Jew. And Jesus said, All you all want are miracles, then you'll believe in me. And he said, Sir, you just come on down to my child's house and to my house because he's going to die. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And he was now going down, and his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son is alive. He is not dead. He is well. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. At seven o'clock last night, what they were saying, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This man did not have the temple background. He was not a Jew. He was employed by one of the Herods. But he had heard about all the things that Jesus did. And he faced some troubled times and he was frustrated. And he didn't know what to do. And on this Father's Day, there's no better place for us to look at for an example of faith than to the faith that this father had. He left. This particular father, he left when he died a legacy of faith for his whole family. And we'll see about that how he does it. This father approached the Lord in faith. By faith he approached God for help. At the beginning, his faith was not a spiritually motivated faith. He was making a desperate plea for help. He said, from agony of his heart, he was asking Jesus to go to Capernaum. 20 or 25 miles away. He had heard in Jerusalem because he was a courier for Herod. In fact, one place I even read what his name was, but I do not know that for sure. But I do know that this was his occupation. Nobleman, as the word is translated, he was a courier. He went from town to town for the Roman government. He heard about Jesus. He knew about the miracle Jesus worked previously in Canaan of Galilee. Our approach to Christ for help may not always be properly motivated. It may be from a selfish point of view, and I guess it is all right when we say, Lord, my child is sick. I want you to heal him. But you know God can take an imperfect approach, and he can make it into a very perfect blessing, as he did here. The approach of faith believes that God has power. No denying his power. This man did not know all about Jesus. He did not know anything about the Messiah because he had not been taught that. But he heard all the rumblings. He heard about his boss, and his boss, Herod, did not like Jesus. But he had confidence in the power of Jesus because he had seen it displayed many times. And he had heard about his power as it was displayed. I think the belief in the power of God Maybe the greatest ally we have in our life. 
Knowing that God is on our side and things may not turn out like we want them, but that God is there. Moses believed that the power of God was an ally. Moses believed that in the face of seemingly unconquerable obstacles, through God's power, he could overcome. And he did. And he led the children of Israel out of bondage and out of Egypt. The approach of faith accepts God's opportunities, though. In verse 50, after hearing the nobleman's plea, the other people, they wanted a sign, they wanted a miracle. Jesus wanted to be more than just a miracle worker. Verse 50, he heard his plea. Now, now here's a literal translation of this plea. The translated literally, the nobleman was saying, please come to my house, please, please, please. And the, the tense of the translation was, he was begging and begging him, please would you come to my house. I don't need America to believe in what you're doing. I believe in you. Jesus knew that the man wanted a miracle, but he knew that the healing of his son, but he gave him the opportunity to act in faith. And he said, you come to my house and heal my son. Go thy way, thy son. Repeatedly, repeatedly, God has given us opportunity to act in faith. We must accept these opportunities which God has given us, and we must exercise faith. It's so easy to do when things are going well with you, but it's so difficult to do when things are not going so well with you. It's so easy when you've got money in the bank and an automobile that runs well, and your wife and you're getting along, and the kids are doing well, and nobody's sick and nobody's at the point of that. It is so easy. Talk about how great God is and how he answers prayer. But it is much more difficult when you're through trials and tribulation to still live out what God has promised. This man knew something was up. He heard something. And God gave him an opportunity to act in faith. And he walked the 20 to 25 miles when he heard where Jesus was going to be. No doubt he had seen him other places because he had been all over the countryside himself. His father's faith grew, just as any father's faith would grow. In verse 48, it says here, Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. At first his father, he wanted a miracle, just a miracle. And Jesus was not just talking to him, but he was talking specifically because they followed him in droves. He said, you know, you know, I, I still probably believe in you. And Jesus, if, if, if you would work a miracle, you're my son. But Jesus did not chide him. He chided those who would not believe without a sign because they had seen what he could do. They had seen him heal the blind person. They'd seen him heal people who had come and touched his robe in the crowd. He said, he touched me. They witnessed this. You know, I think the lowest level of faith is that level of faith where you have to say, God, I've got to have a visible sign or I've got to have a miracle. I heard a preacher say, a pastor say, he said, he said to God, God, you've got to give me a miracle. God doesn't have to give me a miracle or anybody else a miracle. I need to believe in him because of what he said in his word and because of the witness in his word. 
I don't deserve a miracle from him. I've gotten plenty of them, but I appreciate them. You faith, you know, faith demands that demands a guarantee. Faith that demands proving is really not faith at all. I cannot say, God, now I'm going to do this, but you've got to prove yourself to me. That's why I'm going to problem with so many people who talk about their fleeces. Heard a pastor say, you know, I didn't know whether I ought to go to this one church, the other church or not. He said, so what I did, I went outside of the church where I was, and I walked around seven times. And I knew when I got back in the office, I'd know what I ought to do. He said, got back in tired, and thought about the other church, and I knew I should go. I asked if the devil's advocate, I said, was it more money? Well, yeah, I didn't have anything to do with it. Don't tell me that had anything to do with it. It doesn't work that way. People can tell you all sorts of stories, but a faith that needs a guarantee really is not faith at all. In verse 50 here, we find that this faith advances. The Bible says here, Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. As you translate this literally, he did more than just believe, but he accepted Jesus. He believed in him as, quote, Savior and Lord. The faith that can accept Jesus and his word is of a higher level of faith than this one that says, I've got to have a miracle. It does not always involve full understanding. It does not always involve knowing everything there is to know about what is going to happen or what has happened or what will happen in the future. Lots of the Father thought that Jesus knew by some intuitive knowledge that his son was better. For whatever reason, he believed what Jesus said. He didn't question him. He didn't say, well, now, wait a minute, are you sure about this? You know, we can accept the promises of Jesus and simply take him at his word because he is trustworthy. He does not lie, and he has never lied. And also, faith reaches its height in simple belief in Jesus. Verse 53, So the father knew that it was at the same hour which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. Now, let's not think about this. I'm 25 miles from home, this Jewish fellow that I have heard is a Messiah, and I don't know what one is. But I have come to him because my son is dying, and I don't want him to die. I love him. And I know I might get in trouble because I'm employed by Herod and Roman government, but I've come anyway, and I'm willing to stake my life on this and my job. And at 7 o'clock on this particular night, I finally get to talk this one called Jesus. And I tell him the situation and I beg him to heal my son. But I beg him to come to my house and heal my son. To come to Capernaum. Well, Jesus says something about all the people there are following him. They won't sign and wonder. But I tell him, I don't just want that. I just want you to come and heal my son. And it's 7 o'clock. Jesus said, Jesus said, Sir, go your way. Your son is well. That's what you translated your son with. 
your son is well. He is no longer sick. He is no longer ill. And the next morning, I take off for home because I stayed all night there. And you, would stay, you wouldn't be traveling at nighttime in Israel then. Probably not now, but definitely not then. And I get away, and here my employee servants look at me, and they come and say, your, your son is well. He's up and around. And he said, wait a minute, tell me, when, 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 when was it that you knew he was well? Seven o'clock last night, he got out of bed, and his people left him. And he was just as if he'd never been sick. self-belief and his whole household. What did he believe? He again believed what he did. Begun to believe back there in Capernaum. I mean in Canaan of Galilee. He now not only believed that, but he believed in the promises that Jesus had. He only heard this one promise face to face with Jesus. Your son is no longer sick. He believed Jesus. And when we believe Jesus, we have reached a pinnacle of faith. Isn't it strange that the height of faith is where faith should really start? We say the height of the oblivion, that's where it starts, starts. Believing in Jesus is the beginning of it. Faith reaches its climactic moment when we trust Jesus completely as Lord and Savior. That's the problem. That we're denying the Sunday school lesson. They have not trusted him completely. For you to deny him, you have never trusted him completely. That is what the scripture is all about. This also, this also, is the first situation. Let me read this to you again. And he himself believed, and his whole household, his wife, his other children, his servants, this is the first situation in scripture, New Testament, that a whole household believed because the father believed first. I heard a fellow, and it won't be my Newburgh County listen to this tape, but I heard a fellow in Newburgh County say and read and read, and he says, I want to tell you, this God, the reason America's in the shape they in is because women thought around long times. And they went to work out of the hole. say anything about the fathers as they ought to act. The father should be the spiritual leader of the home. The father is the one that should be the one leading the legacy of faith. It is not the mother's responsibility. It is the father's calling and responsibility. You see, the father's faith enjoys victory. The victory of faith is in the act of God's promise. Faith, faith reached its victory when Jesus did what he said he would do. What Jesus said when he said, your son's well. Please stop thinking about this. This fellow had 
not attended temple services. He has not attended tabernacle services. He did all this bad stuff about somebody going to take the job of his boss. And lo and behold, he said, I, I, I've got to get some help. I, I, I've got to get some help from the family. I may not be properly motivated. I might get fired by Harry and I might get killed, but I've got to get help. My son's got to live. And he goes. And Jesus said, Your son lives. And he began to believe. The same hour that Jesus said that, the boy was healed. And again, in 1941, when George MacArthur, General MacArthur, left the Philippine Islands, with the troops as they were being run out. He said to them, I shall return. When he waded ashore in 1944, he proclaimed, I have returned. He had brought fulfillment to his promise, I shall return. And so it is that God fulfills his promises that he has made. When God said, I'm going to do something, he is going to do it. The victory of faith is a Realization of spiritual gifts. Jesus had to convince the nobleman that the most valuable thing he had to give was not physical healing, but spiritual strength that comes from God through Jesus Christ. You don't find them jumping up and down and turning somersaults because he was healed. It says that he himself believed and his whole household their lives began to change. But it only came from God through Jesus Christ. Because of belief in Jesus Christ. No matter what else the Father may provide, He has whatever He has, you know, or how He might support His family. The main thing is is he letting God serve as a guide for him and for them? In the Hebrew tradition, a father served as a representative of God in leading the family. And the father would be the one that would lead them to the, quote, tabernacle or the sanctuary or the, or the uh, temple worship. The mother was not the one that did that. Much of their worship was centered on at their home, and they did not have the worship places like we have, so therefore they had, as we'd say, churches in the house, but they didn't have church, they had the tabernacle, and they had the temple. And the father was the one that did the leading, and did the, police, the, the, the learning, they could make it, they learn it. They would have to learn the first five books, word for word. A modern father may not understand his role as a representative of God, but this is what they were. They represented God. But as a mother and father, we can truly and surely be a guide to God for our children and for other people. Through his faith, through his participation in worship and in serving the Lord, and through the sharing of his faith in God, a father can guide his family. When the Lord calls me home, and I hope it's a long time from now, but when he does, 
able to say honestly. Daddy had a lot of warts. Daddy had a lot of faults. Daddy wasn't what he ought to be all the time. But he had faith in God. And I want to have faith in God. And I want my wife to be able to say He may not have been the perfect husband. He wasn't a perfect man. But he had faith in God through Jesus Christ. A father's faith serves as a stirring example of faith in troubled times. This father was frightened. He was afraid. And he was troubled because his son was dying. Perhaps it was his only son, I don't know. But he's born of death. And in faith, he came to Jesus. Again, I said he didn't have a Hebrew background. You know, that may have been easier for him to come because he didn't have those traditional hang-ups. But like today, one does not have to have a church-attending background to come to Jesus. In faith, he came to Jesus. I would ask you, you do that this morning? Whether you're a father or whether you're not a father, whether you're male or female, would you have faith in God? Would you do that? Would you come to Him? Turn to 253. Let us say this as an invitation. 